is Friday. So much news. So much things happening. Players declaring for the NFL draft. Players in the NCAA transfer portal. Players choosing to come back to Alabama for the 2024 season. We got so much to dive into as you're rocking and rolling TGIF edition of the show on the hottest ticket you're going to find for all things Bama. Football news, in my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have you all here joining us on the show. We bring you the show from the magic city of Birmingham. We stream this to you through YouTube. Speaking of the channel, you know what time it is. Smash that subscribe button. Hit subscribe right now. Tap the bell. Get locked in. Get hooked on. Stay in the know on your favorite program nonstop. That being Alabama football right here, TDA. Share the show to everybody you know. Diehard Bama fans, casual Bama fans, consumers of Tide football, friends, family members, get them hooked on to this platform right here. We're talking your Bama football. Hit the like button. Smash the like button. Give us that thumbs up right there. We appreciate your love on the show. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We appreciate that from you. We want to hear from you tonight, the Bama faithful. So blow the phone lines up. We want your passion, your energy, your phone calls, your enthusiasm. Whatever you feel like doing, blow the phone lines up doing it. You can do that by calling 205-448-1358. The number to call in. Let your voice be made known. 205-448-1358. And one more time, 205-448-1358. Well, Eli, let's jump into it. Topic one of the conversation. Several Bama players have declared for the 2024, this upcoming NFL draft in April. They have announced this on their social media. Here are the guys leaving to turn pro a few of these names can be or will be first round draft picks gonna be fun to see where all of these names end up which round they go in which team they go to gonna be fun to experience that but coach Saban has had quite a few names uh speak to him this week in stating that coach we love you we appreciate you we appreciate the program but we are going toward the NFL draft. These names right now are on screen. The names that have declared, uh, stating that through their social media, we can look at linebacker Dallas Turner, who will be a top 10 pick. We can look at offensive tackle J.C. Latham, who will go in the first round. Where in that first round remains to be seen, but Latham will be a first round guy. Linebacker Chris Braswell has declared he made him some money this season or this past season. Uh, Chris Braswell, 10 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, had six quarterback hurries, three pass breakups, three forced fumbles, a blocked field goal, and an interception return for a touchdown. So a big year for Braswell, as he declares. Linebacker Tresman Marshall has declared for the draft the former Georgia transfer, had a solid year for the Crimson Tide in the 2023 campaign. Defensive lineman Justin Eboigby has declared for the draft. And Eboigby, just a special story, young man of whom last year 
had his season cut short in 2022, excuse me, to a neck, spinal, to a neck spine issue. Was able to come back for a fifth year, put together an incredible season, had seven sacks this year, really made some money for himself. So a boy could be declaring for the draft. You got cornerback Terry on Arnold and cornerback Kool-Aid McKinstry, both former five stars in the 2021 class are declaring, have declared for the draft. And of course, place kicker Will Reichert, who sent that heartfelt, touching letter on social media to the Alabama football fan base. After five years of being the place kicker for Alabama, Reichert pinning his goodbye to the program. He has declared for the draft. And Reichert is one Eli we watch go from boy to man, right? We watched him. He came in, former three-star from Hoover High School in the 2019 class. And Reichert was the one that reversed all the kicking woes for Alabama. No longer did fans have to chant and uh, get drunk and do different rituals just to make a field goal. Will Reichert went up there. You knew that ball was going through that goal post. And he made two huge 50-plus yard kicks in the Rose Bowl against Michigan. Unfortunately, Alabama not able to finish that game you know, with the win there. Reichert, the all-time leading scorer in NCAA history, 455 points or 445. I think it's 445, excuse me, 445 points for Will Reichert there. Or 400, what was it, Eli? Was it 440? Was it 445? Was it? 447, thank you, Eli. 447 uh, career points there for one Will Riker. But those are the names on screen right there that through their social media are entering the 2024 NFL drafts. So we wish them the best of those eight players. Riker to Justin Aboigby and Chris Braswell. They have all accepted invitations to the Reese's Senior Bowl down there in Mobile. They will compete uh, at the Senior Bowl, those three guys, Riker, Justin Aboigby, and Chris Braswell. In other news, uh, Roydell Williams, and here's a shocker. So th there were a couple of reports that came out yesterday about, you know, Roydell's trending toward coming back to Alabama for another year. You know, Roydell's thinking about coming back. Roydell's going to come back to Alabama for the 2024 campaign well he has changed his mind and Rodell as of today has entered the NCAA transfer portal the former four-star in the 2020 class from Hueytown High School in the Birmingham area Williams has entered his name into the portal the young man of whom uh, helped Alabama to three SEC championships 2020 2021 and this past season 2023 and a college football playoff national championship in the 2020 season so best wishes there to one Roydell Williams who has put his name in the NCAA transfer portal we're waiting to hear word on what's happening with one Jace McClellan the other senior running back came in the 2020 class we're waiting to see what's going on with Jace but with Roydell entering the portal it looks like more room being created for J.M. Miller, for Justice Haynes, for Richard Young, uh, you know, those three right there. So that's going to take us to our first break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. We're just getting your chest warm on a Friday upon our return. We want to hear from you. We want your passion. We want your energy. 
We want your enthusiasm. Line us up in the phone lines right after this. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama Team Paper, which is a video yearbook they've put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small-dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because $1 of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. All right, folks, we're back rocking and rolling to the action from the break on a Friday, TGIF edition of the show. How to show on the streets, talking your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, my man Eli Walker in the production studio, and uh, gotta show some love to Dale B. One time with the 20 dollar donation, dropping the love in there. Appreciate that from Dale B. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. Jermaine Burton has not declared for the NFL draft just yet. He's another one that we're waiting to see what he does. Jermaine Burton of whom uh, overperformed this year. Had a good year for Alabama football, so we're waiting to see what Jermaine Burton does in terms of his football future. Will he declare pro? Will he return for another year for the Crimson Tide? We shall see. But we go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. I'm going to call in, 205-448-1358. You're live on the show. What's happened and how we feel and state your name and where you calling from? What's up, Steven? It's Isaac from Mobile. Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year, Isaac. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. I uh, I hate that Bama dropped the ball, man. Uh, the other the other weekend, man, they they should have won that game. But I'm gonna leave that alone. We'll talk about the transfer stuff. Um, I got a question for you, Steve. Do you think the Roy Dale situation was like could have been a mutual thing between him and Coach Saban? Because I do think Rodell is a good back, but if he came back to Bama, I'm still thinking he probably going to be a third down and a short yardage back still. And I guess in order to improve his draft stock, he probably need to be a, a every down back somewhere. And I do believe Coach Saban probably would advise him to go somewhere else where maybe he could be an every down back. Do you think that might have been a mutual decision, maybe? I think so, Isaac. I really do think so. Coach Saban loves Roydell. And Roydell loves his programming, loves Coach Saban. I think there was a mutual agreement there. I believe if Roydell would have came back, Saban would have probably sat him down and said, look, man, um, we could probably use you 
in a Jostin Fowler type role where you may have to be a fullback and you may have to block for Jam, Justice, Richard Young. We maybe can swing you some passes at the backfield in some different formation sets. But if you were to come back, man, we would probably have to use you in a Jostin Fowler fullback type role. I'm pretty sure Saban may have broken it down that way too, Rodell. And Rodell was like, Saban, Coach, I appreciate that, but I kind of want to be at every down back and improve my status more for the draft. And I think there was probably a mutual agreement. Well, son, if you want to be an every down back, you may have to go elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of the other guys, you know, I think, you know, a lot of these guys, I understand they want an opportunity. Um, about the Earl Little. That's, that's the only shocker would, to me. That would, was the only shocker. Yeah. Hey, see, I'm going to be real with you. I was kind of worried about that all year. Because when you heard how good of a spring he was having and then fall camp, and then when he didn't uh, start the year as a starter, and I'm like, oh, man. And then he didn't play much. I think he got in uh, one of those games, like mop-up duty. He didn't look that good. And I was like, oh, man, I hope he don't hit the portal. But, you know, I – Man, the, thing, the, 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 the thing, the thing, Isaac, with Earl, it's like every time Earl gets close, an injury happens. He's been dealing with some injuries since coming to Alabama. So every time Earl would get close, an injury would happen and it would set him back. And I, I hate it for him because he's a real talent. It, it, it just, it just stings oh, yeah. that it just stings that he can't quite stay as healthy as he as he wanted to and that's the reason why you saw Malachi at star that's the reason why you saw Terry on Arnold had to play at star that's the reason why you saw so many people getting working at star because Earl dealt with injuries if Earl could have stayed healthy that wouldn't not have become the case but that that that, 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 that was the reality Earl just had Earl just had unfortunate injuries to happen to him Right, and and I I I will hope that Saban can convince him to stay. I heard a caller say the other day he was like, you know, Saban shouldn't have to beg you to 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 stay or to come back. And I kind of agree with that because I mean I know you're looking at Florida State over there where uh, your high school coach, you know, Pat Pat Sertan is coach. He was the the defensive back coach at Florida State, and that's you know I understand that. But come on now, Nick Saban got a proven track record of putting DBs in the first round. I know. You know, Coach Sertan, that's so coach, but he sent his own son to Nick. So he, he come on now. How many first rounders Coach Sertan put in his, I ain't trying I ain't trying to be, you know, but come on now, let's be real. Coach Sertan or Nick Saban? I mean, Nick got a proven track record, but that's his, you know, that's his future. I, I understand. So, you know. But um the only thing I don't like, Steve, about the other guys, some of the guys like Mark Hill, Goodwine, those type of guys. I just hate that these are players that, you know, Bama is kind of developing over a year, two, three years, and then they leave. Now that we need that depth and we don't have it, we got, you know, young guys. That's the only thing I, I don't really like. But Isaac, and Isaac, so, so, sometimes, so, sometimes, sometimes, and this is where you go back to uh, a lot of the uh, evaluating of the talent. And, uh, 
Our guy, Justin Smith, does a tremendous job on the recruiting trail. I, I put Justin up against anybody any day of the week because that, that, that dude works his tail off uh, scouting these athletes. But uh, aside from Justin, when you look at a lot of the evaluation of a lot of these athletes, you wonder, do some people miss it on evaluating a lot of these players? Because uh, you, you haven't seen a dog uh, – of a defensive lineman for Alabama since Quentin Williams. Christian Barmore was a diamond in the rough, and we appreciate everything that he did, but you haven't seen like that straight dog of a defensive lineman since Big Q Williams. So to me, it's are some of these mm-hmm. guys that Alabama's getting, uh, are some of these guys being over or under evaluated? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and I got one more thing, and I'm gonna let you go. Um, Nick has been doing a great job of adjusting to college football over the years, um, but I just think it's one one thing that he might have to start doing going forward um, with these young players. Now, obviously, don't just put them on the field if they're not ready, but I think he's gonna have to start rotating them in a little bit more and let them get yes. let them get some burn yes. early because they. Steve, they not sitting for two and three years and developing no more. That they just not doing that anymore. A guy right. like Keon Keeley, he probably like, all right, coach, I was a five star. I sat for one year and then play. I'm not going to sit for a second year and and not play. They don't have to. Steve, they don't play. Them guys gone. So I just think you know some young guys just rotate them a little bit more. Just let them get a little burn. Let them feel like they're playing at least, so they can try to stick around. Cause well, if they don't play, Steve, they gone. But anyway, man, appreciate you for taking my call, Road Tide. Appreciate Isaac from Mobile calling in. That That's a good point. And I mentioned Eli this week. That's the biggest thing Saban's got to adjust. You cannot be overly loyal. If you see a young player giving his all and that young player has a higher ceiling, I'm sorry, veteran. I got to go with the young guy. If the young guy gives me the higher ceiling and a higher chance of winning a, a national championship, I got to play the young cat. Y- you got to do it. We got, we're going to take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Stephen. This is Mike from Kentucky. What's going on, Mike? How we feeling on a Friday? I just noticed the show on. I decided to call in. I think Isaac made a really good point. It's it's got to be frustrating to a coaching staff to school a guy up for a couple of years. You turn him into a grown man, then he goes somewhere else. It, 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 it is frustrating. It is frustrating because uh, you put you, you put you put that relationship, or you foster that relationship with this individual for one to two years, two to three years. And then uh, the individual that you foster the relationship with uh, jumps and goes elsewhere. So it's like your labor becomes fruitful in another place versus right there with you. Yeah. You know, I think I got an idea on how to put the brakes on the portal to a degree. You know, if some of these cats are big, big time NIL guys and they want to jump ship. Okay, you can go, but you ain't taking the money with you. I think that's what they ought to do, bro. For real. That that is, that is Mike a good way of looking at it. That that's one way. It's slowing down. It ain't gonna stop it, but it's slowed down all this. Just you know, 
guys just, you know, shit like I changed girlfriends in the ninth grade. That's crazy. Like that uh, boy that played for uh, Clemson to start. How many schools has he been with? About four now? Ukulele or whatever his I, I name mean, is? I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, DJ Uyugale, like, what is this? He got six yeah. schools? Yeah, he's been around. <laughs> he's shopping. You know, I think if they say, yeah, you can go, but you ain't taking the money. I think that might, you know, at least calm it down some so it's not so dead gum ridiculous. All right, man, I'm going to get off, Stephen. I don't want to talk too long, man. Y'all have a good night and roll tide, brother. P- appreciate Mike from Kentucky calling in. And, uh, you know, Eli, you and I talked about this before coming on. Talia Tungavango is back in the portal. Former quarterback at Thompson High School. Younger brother of Tua Tungavangoa. Talia was once in Alabama. And then he transferred to Maryland. He's been in Maryland for a while. Now he's going to transfer somewhere else. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> wow. It's, it's, it's crazy. This portal, man. This portal's ridiculous. But cool call topic right here, folks. Alabama, in terms of the NFL Pro Bowl, Bama's got seven players in the Pro Bowl, most of any school. Tua's in there. I think Waddle's in the Pro Bowl. Amari Cooper's in the Pro Bowl. Devontae Smith, I think, is in the Pro Bowl. Bama's got seven guys in the Pro Bowl. Minka Fitzpatrick, I think, is in there, too. Bama's got seven dudes in the Pro Bowl. Most of any school. Kudos to the Crimson Tide, repping International Football League as those guys in the Pro Bowl games. Well, that's, uh, that's awesome right there. We're going to take another break here, folks, and touch that down. When we get back, we got an interesting conversation. There's a quarterback on Alabama's roster that chose to not enter the portal. He's sticking around. What does this mean? Is Alabama reopening a quarterback competition? We'll talk about it after this. We're out here at Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah, this. Gotta get this. Gotta get one of these right here. Can't rock that band without this shirt right here, Fresh Pogo. You gotta also rock the all pink, like Kanye West right there. Keychains, gotta get you some keychains. University of Alabama keychains. I'm telling you, if you are a diehard Alabama fan and you're looking for some big time apparel, this place has got everything. We're talking shirts, shoes, sweatshirts, hoodies, cups, mugs, keychains. If you're just a Todd fan that has an itch to get more apparel, get more swag in your game. You come right here at Alumni Hall in Tuscaloosa, right here in Midtown Village. And also you can shop online. The link is in the description to get your gear right here at Alumni Hall. We also have new, fresh, exclusive TDA gear you can get right now at Alumni Hall. That's in store or online. Hit that link in the description and search Touchdown Alabama to view all of the available gear Hurry and get yours before they're sold out. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. We're loaded up, baby. Loaded up to the action from the break on a Friday. TGIF edition of the show. Number one ticket. When you talk, you're a crimson tide. In my own words, George truly. Stephen Smith of TDA. Got my man Eli, the Wonder Man. Walker in the production studio. Holding it down here for us. Continue to hit that like button. Smash the like button. Raise those likes up. Hit that subscribe button. Get locked in. To all things Bama football right here. Also, that daily super chat go $100 daily. Super chat going 100 bucks right there. We appreciate the support from all of you. But topic two in live conversation. There's a quarterback on Alabama's roster who chose not to hit the portal. One did hit the portal. That was Eli Holstein. Two hit the portal. Eli Holstein and Tyler Buckner. But there was one that chose to not hit the portal. He chose to stick around. He chose, no, I am going to remain with Coach Saban, the Alabama program, and compete. That quarterback is Ty Simpson. And this is a bit of a shock to some because with Julian Sayan coming in, he's already in here now. You've got Jalen Milrow who announced he's coming back for 2024. You got Dylan Lorne again who had a really good spring last year. And some folks even mentioned he's the best quarterback on the roster. Some thought maybe Ty Simpson would hit the portal, but no. He says, I'm staying. I'm competing. I'm battling. The former five-star in the 2022 class from Westview High School in Martin, Tennessee, would enter his third year in the program next season, starting up here in spring ball. So with Ty Simpson sticking around here, you've got Shaven Milrow, who had a good season, 35 total touchdowns on the year, only had, what, six picks, made leaps and bounds of improvement, made leaps and bounds of growth throughout the 2023 campaign, took a team that overachieved to an SEC championship game, won the SEC title, dethroning Georgia, got the teams to the college football playoff. Jalen Milrow, uh, permanent team captain, Milrow, team MVP, Milrow, most inspiring player, he's back. Then you got Ty Simpson, then you got Dylan Larnigan, then you got Julian Sayan, all of these guys in one room. All of these guys of whom Tommy Reese will work with. Here's the big question, though. Does Nick Saban in this sense, reopen a quarterback competition? Does Saban, in this sense, reopen a quarterback battle and let the cream, the true cream, rise to the top? Does this happen? And the reason why I ask this question is, I go back to the 2018 season for just a moment. I go back to 2016 for just a moment. You look at Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. So 2016, remember, Jalen Hurts comes in, 2016, freshman season. He's better than Blake Barnett. He's better than Cooper Bateman. He's better than David Cornwell. He's better than those guys, right? So he wins the job, 2016, and 
has a great year, phenomenal freshman season, though he had some limitations in the passing game. He gets you to an SEC championship. He gets you to the college football playoff national championship game against Clemson. Unfortunately, you go up, you run up on Deshaun Watson, you lose the game in Tampa, Florida, 31 to 35. The 2017 year, Hertz comes back as the starting quarterback. Here comes Tua Tagovailoa, true freshman from Hawaii, five-star, that's just got this uncanny ability to distribute the football with pinpoint accuracy. Trent Dilfer called him ice cream on crack at the Elite 11. You know, Tua's the Elite 11 MVP. He's all the bells and whistles that you want. He comes in 2017. He plays a good handful of games, but every time he gets in there, he's throwing touchdown passes, and people are like, holy smoke, we've never seen anything like this kid, Tua. If we were ever to get in the game to where we need him, he could be something really, really special. You got the wide receivers jumping up and down like he is in the candy store. because They're like, oh, my gosh, here's Tua. And then uh, it gets to the national championship game against Georgia and Jalen Hurts not looking all that hot because, once again, you love the guy, the leadership, 26-2 and two as a starter, but he's got limitations in the passing game. And you go to Tua in the second half, the biggest coaching move of Nick Saban's career to this point, and he puts Tua out there. Tua delivers you to a national championship against Georgia, and then the very next season, Tua becomes the starting quarterback as the cream rolls to the top there as Saban opened up a quarterback competition between Hurts and Tonga Bailoa, and Tua took that. So, in the same breath, you've got Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Ty Simpson doesn't have, didn't have the same uh, opportunities and games as Tua did. But when you look at Ty Simpson, when he took the field, uh, in, when he took the field against South Florida last season, and he had those two 80-plus yard touchdown drives, right? And then when Ty took the field against Kentucky late in that game, and he's able to uh, deliver some passes there to Jalen Hale, you're kind of wondering. Is Saban seeing, uh, you know, Jalen Milrow, he offers me a lot. He's a leader. He's a playmaker. He's a baller. He does a lot for me. But because there are still some limitations there with him in the passing game, uh, do I open this thing up in the spring and allow the real cream, whether it's Ty Simpson, whether it's Dylan Larnigan, whether it's Julian Sand, do I allow the real cream here to rise to the top that can give me everything in terms of the in terms of the athleticism, in terms of the passing ability to where whoever the quarterback is, I have no limitations in the passing game with a next quarterback is concerned. Because you, you, you got to think about like this, fans. Saban's in uncharted waters right now. Three years in a series have gone by without a championship. This has never happened to Saban at Alabama. Normally, one year goes by, maybe two years go by, but Saban has never had three years in the series go by without him hoisting that trophy for the first time. Now that's happened. 
the, so Alabama's head coach is in uncharted waters, uncharted territory. You as an Alabama fan, you're in a three-year national championship drought. You've never been in that before. So when something like this has happened, you got to evaluate and look at everything. There's no stone left unturned. Every conversation has to be had. Every idea has to be brought to the forefront. So the idea is, yes, Jalen Milrow would be an experienced veteran quarterback coming back. Yes, he would be. But with some limitations there in the passing game, if you're Nick Saban, do you open this thing back up in the spring and go, let's see who the real cream is for real. And if the real cream is Shannon Milrow, so be it. But if the real cream is somebody else, do you let the real cream take it and rise to the top to where there are no limitations on your passing game when you talk for 2024 campaign? We're going to go to a break right here, fans. I want to hear from you on this conversation. Light us up on the phone lines. Give us your thoughts. Give us your ideas. How do you feel about this? Am I way off about this? Am I hitting the dead on the head? I want to hear from you after this. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. This is Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest, when I say the baddest, sports show in the state of Alabama. In my own words, you know, yours truly, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, don't touch that dial. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, here we go, here we go. We're back into the action from the break on a Friday. TGIF edition of the show. Number one form for your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Gotta show some love to my man Dexter Wright with that $5 donation. Putting that in the bucket right there. Appreciate that from Dexter. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys. Phone lines open. Definitely grabbing your calls right now. 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be made known on the show. 205-448-1358. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel and state your name and where you calling from? from Washington, D.C. How you doing tonight, man? My man, D.P. Don is in here. What's happening, man? Man, nothing too much, man. Still bummed out about that loss a little bit, but I'm almost over it. Uh, I just wanted to give my thoughts. First-time caller, lifelong Bama fan, grew up in Alabama, uh, been a fan since the days of the Bear Bryant. And, I, of course, I've seen a lot throughout Alabama football history. 
Uh, I just wanted to hit on what you just discussed. Um, not only do I think that there should be a new quarterback competition, even though I believe Milrose the guy, um, I think there should be competition at all the positions. Um, right. After that performance in the Rose Bowl game, nobody should have a job except our punter. That's it. Everybody else should have to be able to compete. Um, not only compete to be starters, but compete for playing time. Um, people getting in the transport portal mainly because they lack playing time or they're not getting playing time. But like Nick said, you got to show us or give us a reason to play you. You got to give us a reason to not take you off the field. And I think that all gives back to the whole attitude and everything of this team the last four years. That's just my take on it. I mean, and Don, and, and, and and you're right, because in the years where Bama has had that, that fierceness, that bite, that tenacity, were those years where, you know, it was competition everywhere. You know, you, you were so afraid. If you were a starter, you were so afraid to mess up because you knew, hey, you know, the, the, the guy behind me is just as good, and he's a five-star, too, and he's going to take my spot. So it made you want to go out there and play harder. It made you want to go give your all because I want to remain on the field, but I don't want to have any type of a reason at all for somebody else to take my spot. So it, it sharpens you. It, it forced you to be at your best. And right now, these last few years, uh, that competition in terms of forcing the starters to be at their best, it's not there. I, I agree with that point, Stephen. And it's like the old saying, iron sharpens iron. You you come to Bama for a reason. This Bama. Uh, and what I mean by that is particularly if you grew up in the state, you knew that. You know what that means. This is Bama. Uh, you don't want to come here to work. You don't want to buy in. You don't want to come there to uh, to to adhere to the process or, or live up to the standard on and off the field. Then you don't need to be at Bama. Uh, but I, be I believe, like you said, competition should be open at all the positions. Um, it's just going to make the team better. Um, that's all I got tonight, Steve, man. I thank you for what y'all doing, man. I appreciate it. Uh, roll tide and uh, good night, everybody, and, and much love. Absolutely. Don Parker calling in to the show on a Friday, giving us some love right here, heading into the weekend. We'll take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening, how we feel, and state your name, and where you calling from? You're live on the show, caller. Hello. You're live on the show. Hey, how you doing? How you doing today, Steven? This is Rambo calling from Atlanta, Georgia. All right, Rambo, how you doing? All right, man. How I feel about the quarterback thing, man? I really seen the old uh, game. What was it when Tua came in for Jalen? I really felt like this was the year where the twos were better than the ones. I feel like this was that time to where Saban could have took out Mirabo real quick and he could have threw in Ty Simpson and see just, just to see what could have happened. Because no one expected Tua to win that game. But right. he won it. But, I mean, we really just threw that out there. All right, let's just throw this out here and see what it work. If it sticks to the wall, let's keep running with it. But he didn't do that, and he did it at the running back position. We know Roy Dale is a senior. He probably know more pickup blitz packages than um, Justice Hayes. We know all of that, but he still wasn't elusive. He still didn't have that burst or that those jump cuts or any of that that break for a 50, 60 yarder that Justice could do because we sat there and watched it. So I just feel like 
he should reopen it because I feel like Jalen, he can lead you to the promised land, but he can't win the game to get you there. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll ascend you there. He'll have you leading there, getting all the way there, like you just said. Championship game, yeah, he'll get you there. By the playoffs, sometimes he'll get you there. But I don't think that he'll win you a playoff game, and I don't think that he's going to win you a national championship because if you can just take off a person's one read and make him run, and he's really not – it's like Jason is like he's fast, but he don't know RPO because I heard him saying something like he didn't even run RPO in high school. Uh, he just learned that with Tommy Reese. So you don't know when to tuck over on. You don't win the pass. And then all the way at the end of the season, you just now throwing football passes past the line of scrimmage. So we got to teach you the basics of being a quarterback before we can even go deep into the bag. So a lot of college was being mad. You've been mad at Tommy Reese, but how can y'all be mad at Tommy Reese if Jalen can't even process these plays or go crazy with these plays if he can't even – like be decisive with the plays. If I if I know that you can't do or use the tools that I give you, how can I? What's the person we give you tools? So I feel like the quarterback competition should still be open. I feel like Sade is gonna wait one year, and I feel like if neither one of those guys are like really balling out, I feel like both are gonna leave, or somebody's gonna be a backup for Sade because. If you look at saying even the way he throws the football is better than the way that they throw it already. It's, it's damn near the same when you look at the throwing motions. So that's really what I got to say on it. I thought it was going to be the twos come in, take over for the ones. It didn't happen. It only happened at running back. Then when it did happen at running back, we stopped giving the football to Justin Haynes. So I don't know. It was it was just a frustrating game, man. It was just it, it wasn't more so we like lost to Michigan. It's like we beat ourselves. So. That's my take on it. Thank you for taking the call. Appreciate Rambo calling in from Atlanta, giving his thoughts on the show here on a Friday. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, we're taking this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Stephen, Bill from New York. How you doing, man? Doing good, Bill. Doing good. It's Friday. Uh, Better than a little rain out here, but hey, I'm doing all right. Yeah, you know, me too. I mean, uh, by the way, I love that last call. And, uh, you know, just a little bit I want to talk about the quarterback situation. You know, when Hertz was a freshman, he came on the field. He, I think he was more prepared in his first game than Milrow is now. Tua came in. He won, he, he won a championship. He, they threw him on the field in the title game. He won a title. Mac Jones... He sat for a couple of years, which, by the way, I thought Bryce should have started over him, but I was wrong. And, and Mac went undefeated in an SEC schedule, won a title, right? You know, Bryce, he won the Heisman Trophy. He stepped right in. There's, there's just something with Milrow. He's, he, he still isn't ready. It's his third year. I don't know when he's going to get ready. He might, might be ready next year and win a title. But I don't know, Stephen. What if he goes to grad school? Uh, should we keep him for five years, six years? Keep him till he's thirty years old? Look, you know, it's just my opinion. I, I like what people are saying about a full competition, full competition, an honest competition. I think Simpson might be good. I don't know. This other kid's got all the accolades, so 
let's give them all a chance. But the mo- you know what's the most important thing to me is that we don't become divided as Alabama fans. If one person likes Milrow to start, you know, thinks he should be it, the other one thinks this guy. Uh, that's what I like about your show. In other words, your show is is not going to be divided like uh, like I'm not going to mention other shows, but where people get thrown on guilt trips if they feel a certain way. You know what I mean? It's not like that here. You got a great show. You got great fans in the chat box. You got great callers. You know, my compliments, Stephen, and thanks for what you do. I appreciate it, Bill. Absolutely. Bill from New York calling in. Got enough Bill on a Friday. And, and for, for me, for, for me, I, I find the, the, the biggest position, the biggest unit that needs the competition is the offensive line. The offensive line with Eric Wolford, that, that group right there, something's got to give with that group. Something's got to be right. Something's got to be fixed with that. Because, I mean, Eli, I don't know about you, but I miss Jeff Stoutland. I miss Mario Cristobal. I miss Kyle Flood. Like, my life depended on it. So, something's got to be changed with that offensive line. I mean, I know McLaughlin, God bless him, he's in the portal. Terrence Ferguson in the portal. You know, J.C. Latham's off to the draft. But something's got to be fixed here when you look at the offensive line. But we take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Steve. This is Blake from Baymanette. Man, I called you uh, here uh, last week. Good Blake, to talk how are you, to you doing, again. man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I was wanting to talk about uh, – I agree with what people are saying about Meru, and don't, don't get me wrong, we love him. It's just he need he needs to go to the coach and say, look, coach, I'm having trouble with this. I can't read it. And if he can't read it, get somebody in there that can read. Because he's having reading issues. I look at because, I, I look at it. I, I look at it like this, Blake. I look at it as Milro is a phenomenal leader. He's a phenomenal young man, absolutely. But he does have uh, some limitations in the passing game. It's okay to be objective and, and say that because it is. Jalen Hurts, for as phenomenal as he was at Alabama, Jalen Hurts, absolutely, Jalen Hurts had limitations in the passing game. That's the reason why Coach Saban had to go over to a tongue of Angola to create a better opportunity through the air. So I look at this situation here. You've got a Ty Simpson. You've got a Dylan Larnigan. You've got a five-star and Julian saying in here, open this thing up. Which quarterback gives you no limitations in the passing game? Right, because everybody was talking about what Michigan did. What Michigan did was they had a month to figure out, okay, this is what this kid can do, and this is what this kid can't do, and that's what hurt us. Right. I mean, yeah. Michigan game planned, absolutely. You got to give them credit. Their defensive line came after Milrow. Uh, their defensive line gave our, gave Bama's offensive line a whole bunch of fits. They didn't know who to pass off, who to block. So you got to give the Michigan defensive staff a lot of credit for game planning on Bama's weaknesses. Appreciate Blake there calling to the show on a Friday. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. What's happening? It's J.D. Long, man. What's going on? 
JD, man, I'm doing good, man. We're, we, we're, we're getting some rain up here in the Birmingham area, but uh, doing good, man. How you feeling? Doing great, doing great. Hey, I was just calling to chime in, man. You know, um, like I said, it was a close game. It was a good game, man. Like I said, our team, we overachieved. We came way farther than where people, you know, thought we could make it. Right. Now, on the, on, I, on the, on the, I do agree on the quarterback situation. I mean, it's the com- healthy competition, you know, is always great for the team and, uh, you know, to push everybody to get better. But on the analogy, I mean, I know everybody was saying with the Tool and Jalen situation, which is a great analogy. However, I feel like we, we should have used that same analogy to, to, to change our summer at the game. I, I feel like our summer was was, and I I love summer. Right, I'm not trying right. to put the finger I, I agree. Kid. I agree. But we are gonna I, use I that analogy with with Tool and Jalen. We should have took our summer out the game and put another summer in the game and see how it went. Because I don't really think I went back and watched the game. It really wasn't Miro's fault that we lost. I mean, it was a lot of bad snaps, and I mean, of course, I know he fumbled the ball, but it was a lot of bad snaps and bad. Uh, protection was called. I don't know who was in charge of protection. I don't know if it's on Miro or that's on Seth McLaughlin, but I, if we want to use that Jalen Hurts and tour analogy, I don't think it should have been done on, with the quarterback on this game. I think it should have been done with the offensive line. J.D., you make a strong point there. You make a strong point there, and here's why, because I was looking at where was Darian Dalcourt? Like, where was Dalcourt? He he could play center. He could stab the ball. I'm looking at, okay, well, where's Terrence Ferguson? Ferguson could play center. I'm looking, okay, well, then where is the younger Brockermeyer brother who didn't transfer, James Brockermeyer? Either one of those three could have went in. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. See, don't get me wrong. I like Ty Simpson. I like Junior Sam. But I think Miro, with his skill set, we only lost one game with Miro as a starting quarterback to, to Michigan, right? So it ain't it ain't too much of a quarterback problem. We had to go get some tough teams. It ain't so much of a quarterback problem. It's the offensive line, man. Look, I played football coming all the way up. And I don't care if you had to stay out of practice three hours out of practice to make sure you get that snap right. You got to be able to snap the ball, Steve. We talking about Alabama big boy football. It's not. I mean, you can go find a no disrespect a division three, division four team could have a something to snap the ball, man. We talking about it's not. We not even talking about nothing that's out of the ordinary. We talking about shifting the ball. So, then, how about this, D? Well, we know the center's struggling with shifting the ball. Why not let Miro get on the center? There's, there's another thing. They could I mean, come on. I mean, come on. That's, co- that that's, that's, co- that's coaching, too. That's coaching, too, Steve. You know, you see your center struggling, and he's the best option that you got. Why not say, Miro, okay, how about getting on the center to get a better clear exchange on the ball? There's so, a good come point on, I mean, there. a lot of this stuff, I know we're trying to blame on the quarterback, but this lot of it was, it was coaching and, 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 and line play. You know, like I said, I'm not trying to throw no kid on the bus and all like that. Like, you know, I thank for everything he did for us, and I wish him but the best. But I think we turned the attention to the wrong player or wrong players, per se. You know, so that's just my two cents, Steve. Like I said, I love your show. And, I, you know, I'm proud of you, man, to keep doing anything and represent uh, Birmingham and, uh, you know, the road tie. Appreciate J.D. Long calling in. A good perspective. That's a good perspective from J.D. You, you got to look at it like that. You know, Saban, and I mentioned this before, the one thing Saban's been guilty of throughout his coaching career, especially at, at Alabama, being overly loyal at times to veteran players. 
after the second bad snap from Seth McLaughlin, you should have either pulled him, replaced him with a down court, Rocker Meyer, Terrence Ferguson, or if you're really like Seth and he's truly your best option, have Milro go under center. Like different things could have been done. Good perspective there from J.D. Long. We got some super chest to get to, so let's roll them out, Eli. Get the bell going. We got Bill from New York. Let's get it. My man Bill with the seven. Dollar donation, dropping the love in there. Next, we got the Sage. Rolling in here with the $10 donation. Appreciate that from the Sage. Then we got my guy Joshua Howard. He gonna pimp walk in here with the 199. Appreciate Joshua Howard. We got DP, Don Parker in here with the $5 donation. Dropping that love in there. Appreciate that from Don Parker. All of you guys showing love, making this your show, your spot for Bevan. Oh! Oh! Siobhan Pompey! Well, let's do it then, Siobhan, with the 499. Putting the love right there, all right. All right. Thank you to all of you, the Bama family, donating to your show, giving you the Alabama football content right there. A daily super chat go, $100 daily. Super chat go, 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys. Call topic right here, Elon. Javaris Robinson, T-Rod, Alabama's secondary coach. Keep your eyes on Bama secondary this spring. This is going to be a very interesting group here. Kool-Aid McKinstry, Terry on Arnold, both going to the draft. You bring back Malachi Moore. Devontae Smith, defensive back's coming back. Trey Amos coming back. Jalen Key has not said anything yet, so we don't know what's going to become of him. You got guys like Tony Mitchell, Dez Ricks, Jaleel Hurley, right? Jake Pope, right? Then you look at this 2024 recruiting class. You bring in guys like Jalen Mbakwe, Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., Rydarius Morgan, uh, uh, Peyton Woodyard, Sabian Brown. A lot of guys. You bring in Damani Jackson from the transfer portal, formerly of USC. This is going to be a very interesting secondary in the fall. We're starting off at spring, Eli. Very int- intriguing group. Keep your eyes on the Bama defensive backfield. Where could people line up? Now, personally, Eli, if, if, I, if I had to go ahead now and call my starting secondary in the spring, this is how I would call it. Now, now I, I would get two more amendments, Eli. I would get an amendment after spring ball, an amendment, you know, fall camp, right? So this would be Steven's way too early secondary. Steven's way too early prediction. Here we go. I would have my two corners, Trey Amos, Damani Jackson, two corners. Star would be, okay, so your two corners, Trey Amos and Damani Jackson. Star would be Tony Mitchell. Give me Tony Mitchell. It's not, not, not Tony Mitchell. It's not my bad. Not Tony Mitchell. Give me Malachi at star. So Malachi's still at star. My two safeties, 
Devontae Smith, and Caleb Downs. That'd be my way too early. Trey Amos, Damani Jackson, Malachi Starr, Caleb Downs, Devontae Smith, your two safeties. That'll be my five. When Bama goes dime, but dime linebacker would be Tony Mitchell. That'd be my look right there. That pretty good there, Eli? That'd be my way too early. That'd be my way too early. Now, once we get a chance to look at some spring ball stuff, I'll make an amendment. And then once we get a chance to get some fall camp stuff, I'll make an amendment. But right now, my way too early are two corners, Trey Amos, Damani Jackson, Star, Malachi, your two safeties, Devontae Smith, Caleb Downs. That'd be my way too early five right there. With Tony Mitchell as the 6DB in money. We're going to take another break here, our final break here, folks, in the show. Don't touch that down. When we get back, we wrap up things. We tidy things up with this conversation. Bama hasn't had an elite inside linebacker duo since 2017 when you talk Rashawn Evans and Sean Deion Hamilton. Does it potentially have it for next season with Deontay Lawson and Jihad Campbell? We'll talk about it after this. I'm Malachi Moore, and you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. What's going on? This is Benny Bice. I'm the founder and owner of Touchdown Alabama, and you guys are supporting one of the only independent outlets covering Alabama football today. No other sports, no networks, just Alabama football. Roll, tie, roll. All right, Bama Nation, we appreciate all of you. The phone calls, the writing, when the phone calls, and the donations, the chatting, the conversations, the energy that you guys give to us here on the show. We appreciate that. Continue hitting that subscribe button, tapping that subscribe button, getting yourself locked in and locked on to the Alabama football content, hitting the like button as well, smashing the like button. We appreciate the thumbs up from all of you. Daily Super Chat Go, $100 daily. Super Chat Go, 100 bucks. We appreciate that from you as well. Final discussion, Ian Lop conversation. Alabama has not had a respected, a elite, a feared, and by fear, I'm referring to holy cow, I'm going to get tackled by that. Uh, Bama hasn't had that type of um, inside linebacker room since 2017 when you look at Rashawn Evans and Sean Deion Hamilton that duo right there prior to that duo you had the duos of Reggie Ragland and Reuben Foster you know Reuben Foster Mac Wilson uh, you know those types of duos right there Reuben Foster with Sean Deion and then Sean Deion Rashawn Evans like I said you haven't had that dominant inside linebacker duo since 2017 and of course Dylan Moses, Christian Harris could have worked in 2020. However, Dylan got hurt, never was the same, and Christian was very athletic, which was good. But you had an offensive coordinator, Pete Golden, who was eh, trash, to say the least. So that, 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 that didn't work out there. Uh, Henry To'o, Jalen Moody, that could have been good. But once again, Henry To'o probably played out of position. Jalen Moody was all right. 
You still had Pete Golden, and it wasn't going to work. <laughs> so you, you look at this situation, and even with you know, last, this past year's inside linebacker room, I mean, Tresman Marshall, he was good, but didn't have the elite SEC twitchy speed. Uh, yeah, you know, Deontay Lawson, good, but Dean Law had some injuries there, which is the reason why he has to come back and not turn pro. He's got to put together a four-year of healthy tape. So here's the question. You haven't had the feared inside linebacker room since 2017. But, so uh, Deontay Lawson announces, I'm back, right, for going the NFL draft, coming back for another season. So, for 2024. So, Deontay Lawson back. When Lawson made that decision, Jihad Campbell went on social media, and he has a picture of uh, he and, and Lawson, and he captions the photo, we persevered through a lot this year, we only go up from here. And it's him and Lawson. And Lawson shares the photo, and he puts on there 30 and 32, signifying, you know, he wants Campbell to be his running mate, his tag team partner at that inside linebacker position. Now, D-Law and Campbell, they, they both bring a lot of good to the table, right? D-Law, despite injuries, young man from Mobile, 6'3", 230 pounds. He did finish second on the team in tackles with 67, five and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, four quarterback hurries, four pass breakups. Pretty good numbers there. D-Law did some good things. You know, he does have some – he does have lateral quickness, can read plays, you know, does have moments where he can freelance a bit and that can get him into some trouble, does have some things he needs to work on. But, you know, d made plays last year. He did. He made plays last season. Jihad Campbell, he does give you flashes of a Rashawn Evans. He kind of gives you flashes of a more athletic Mac Wilson – Campbell ended the season, 66 tackles, uh, did have, you know, 66 tackles, did have, I think, four tackles for loss. You know, Campbell did have an interception on the year, did recover a fumble against Tennessee for a touchdown. So Campbell had some great moments as well. But, you know, does the duo of Dean All and Jihad Campbell, does this give you that elite beard inside linebacker duo that you had when you talk about guys like Reggie Rag and Reuben Foster. When you talk about Reuben Foster, Mac Wilson. You talk about well, that Re- well, Reuben Foster, Sean Dion Hamilton. And then Sean Dion Hamilton, Mac Wilson. And then Sean Dion Hamilton, Rashawn Evans. Like, it doesn't give you that fear that, oh my heavens, this is who I have to go up against. I got to get hit by D-Law and Jihad Campbell. Does this type, does this duo strike that type of fear in the hearts of opposition? That's the question we're asking ourselves. Because that's what we want, right? We want that inside linebacker duo putting downright fear in the opponent again. Can Cam, can D-Law and Campbell do that? Now, of course, you're going to have Kendrick Blackshire and Sean Murphy and Justin Jefferson. They're going to all have something to say about this, right? Because they're all they, – they, they, they haven't left. Blackshire, Jefferson, Murphy, they're going to have something to say about this. Throw, throw Jeremiah Alexander in there too. Jeremiah Alexander is going to have something to say about this, right? So it's – 
The question is, and even the, even the Justin Okunroe quote kid, he may have something to say about this when you look at spring football. So I'm just saying, does the tandem of D-Law and Campbell put fear in the hearts of opposition? We're going to figure this out in spring. I'm going to reserve my judgment. To, I'm going to reserve a little bit of my judgment eating out of spring. And then I'm going to reserve the bulk of my judgment to fall camp. I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to reserve mine. Because I want to see for myself. I watched Reggie Rag and Ruben Foster. I was like, my God, if I was in the dark alley, I don't want Reggie or Ruben at me. I watched that. I watched Ruben and uh, Sean Dion. And I'm like, I don't want no part of that. I watched Sean Dion and Rashawn Evans with Mac Wilson in, in, in the mix of that. I'm like, dear Jesus, don't leave me in no dark alley with them cats. Them cats different. Ever since 2017, with Rashawn and Sean Dion, I haven't felt that same way about Alabama inside linebacker duo. I have not. Now, D-Law and Jihad can put me back in that mindset. It's do they have it in them to do so? That's the big question that this spring, all of you as Alabama fans are going to want to see some answers being brought to this table. So we're going to revisit this conversation. But I just want to have this going on your on your cerebellum, your brain stem as we enter into the weekend. But anyway. As always, folks, you want the best news, notes, information, coverage, entertainment on your favorite program, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. For your audio needs, check us out. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, iHeartRadio. We got you covered right there. Gotta show some love to J.D. Long. Let's go with that $9.99 in the Super Chats. Appreciate that from J.D. And oh, the maestro of the Super Chats has thrown in that $25 donation. Jimmy making rain cash bucket clay. Let's go. Appreciate all of you, the Bama Nation, for your donations, your love, your fire, your passion, your energy, and talking Bama football. Gotta show some love to all of you for all that you did today. Making this your spot here for all things Thai football. Gotta show some love to my man Eli Walker as well, handling that business there in the production studio. As we cha-cha slide of the weekend, as always, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate, value those husbands. Children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, good thing, smart thing, legitimate thing to not be bored there. Be sure to get yourself those three party meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man Stephen Smith, and you've been listening to my own words. 